millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This episode of the Cult Popsha podcast was brought to you by our Patreon. If you want to tell us which films we should watch, get up to two extra exclusive podcasts a month, give us something to talk about in the post-credit scenes at the end of each episode, or even contribute to the discussion in the episode itself, then please consider joining the cult and donating at www.patreon.com slash Welcome along, everybody, to um, a timely episode of Film Franchise Fortnite on the Cold Pops podcast. My name is AJ, and I'm joined by Richard. Hello, Richard. Hello. This is your captain speaking. (laughs) Very good. We've done, you know, like every podcast, we do maybe, I don't know, a Christmas episode when it's Christmas time. And we do, this year we did an Easter episode, sort of. Well, we did a couple of Easter episodes. Because we, of course, review film franchises every fortnight on the show. And occasionally we like to tie into a, a major world event, the, the, the franchise that we're doing. Um, and this, this week, <laughs> to tie into the fact that uh, I'm embarking on the uh, longest uh, airplane ride of my life in just a couple of days, because um, I'm going to the, the UK via San Francisco, something I would not recommend doing if you don't like headaches uh, for <laughs> when it comes to traveling um, places, because <laughs> if you can avoid transiting through the USA, avoid transiting through the USA. I'm hoping to transit through the USA for about four weeks later in the year. On my way oh, okay. back to Auckland. <laughs> well, that's fine then. I guess that one makes sense. But yeah, so considering that um, I am very and very nervous, I should say, about flying, um, the patrons over at our, our Patreon, patreon.com slash thought it would be funny to make us do the airplane <laughs> duology for Film Franchise Fortnite's this this fortnight. So welcome to Film Franchise Fortnite, everybody, where today we'll be discussing what many in the comedy movie industry consider to be a tentpole of the genre, uh, and we'll also be discussing its sequel. <laughs> <laughs> Get it? Because the sequel is not as loved. Yep. Richard, Airplane. Whoa. Airplane! It's got an exclamation mark. So I actually call it Flying High. Yes, it is also known as Flying High in some countries, including New Zealand, though I remember this being on TV as a kid where it was called Airplane. So mm. I don't know if that's 100% true. Uh, but it came out in 1980, and this film, Richard, was directed by... So there are there's also there's two films we're going to be talking about today. We're talking about Airplane and Airplane 2, the sequel. Um, and so Airplane 1, or Airplane, exclamation mark, uh, was directed by Jim Abrams, David Zucker, and and Jerry Zucker, and this is not the first time we've seen uh, one of those names on film franchise Fortnite's, as David Zucker is the director of... Scary Movie. Scary Movie 3 and 4, not 
the not scary movie. Um, yeah, he directed Scary Movie 3 and 4, and while yet to be covered on film franchise Fortnite, Jim Abrams directed Hot Shots and Hot Shots Part 2. Um, Jerry Zucker directed Ghost. <laughs> and Rat Race, uh, which two very different movies, I think, yeah. Ghost and Rat Race. Um, all three of these guys were involved in such classics of the parody genre like Kentucky Fried Movie, Top Secret, and the Naked Gun Trilogy. Um yeah, so we are talk we haven't we haven't talked about a spoof franchise since mm. Scary Movie, have we? Wow, really? I guess not. I don't think so. I mean they they're not very common. Yeah. And they're they're very rarely do they become franchises. Mm. And they're so they're not particularly franchisian. They're not franchisian, Richard. <laughs> My friend chiseled abs. <laughs> and so, the, yeah, they, they it's, it's very rare for, for us to get such silly, silly movies. Even rarer for them to be made these days because Scary Movie and its, its uh, contemporaries kind of sank it into the ground. But do you know what um, Airplane, a movie of maybe one of the most reviled genres in currently in pop culture do you know what it has on ron tomatoes um i understand it's very high mm. yes it has 97 percent on yeah, ron tomatoes, which is which is unreal but it, it knocks the genre out of the park you're not going to get a scary movie or a a hot shots yeah. part deux with nine you won't even get an airplane too with 97 <laughs> percent on ron tomatoes can you tell everybody what this movie is about this movie is about a guy who's Ted Stryker, who's a, a war vet. That's a um, veteran, not veterinarian. Oh, sorry. I thought he fixed dogs that were stuck in the war. He, uh, yeah, he's traumatized due to his mm. experience flying in the war, but he's he has a fear of flying. But much like me, yeah, his. Yeah, he, he his his girlfriend from the wartime is a flight attendant, and she breaks up with him, and then she gets on a plane, and then he gets on the plane, and then disaster strikes when everyone who ate the fish, including the the all all the pilot people, um, mm -hmm. uh, fall ill, and then they're for, they're forced to land at a hospital, and Ted has to uh, nut up or shut up and get to la uh, yeah land the plane. Mm. And it's very film, silly. <laughs> it's very silly. Thank you. You neglected to mention how truly silly this movie is. Uh, this movie uh, was referred to by the Farrelly brothers um, as like going to a Led Zeppelin concert. Like this is like right. uh, considered like a huge game changer for comedy. J Jim Abrams, David Zucker and Jerry Zucker went by Zaz as a trio. Um, and like the, the Zaz or the, the Zucker Abrams school of comedy is like a thing. And it's, it's, this is the high watermark of that school. So if you guys, have, I mean, people listening to this have probably seen it before. When when we say silly, we're talking non sequitur jokes. We're talking like random prop comedy will come out of nowhere. This isn't just a comedy. It's a silly comedy. Uh, yeah, it's, a, it's like a slapstick comedy. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And Richard, what did you think of this movie? And had you seen it before? So I had not seen this movie before. I... It used to be on Netflix in New Zealand. It isn't anymore. But I remember mm -hmm. years and years ago, 
putting it on and being like, I, you know, I should finally watch Airplane. I've, I've seen it referenced online so many times. I've seen so many jokes from it. I've always found it funny. So I should, I should watch the film. I think I got four or five minutes in and I thought, you know what? I don't fucking feel like watching this. And then I turned it off and I never came back to it. But then having to watch it for this, I was again, I was like, you know, watching this like, you know, critically lauded piece of mm. cinema even though like in such a silly genre and such defies like, expectation defies, defies expectation. our modern yeah. and uh you know what i watched the movie and i was like i'm already sick of every single joke from this film because i've seen wow. it online a thousand times there was mm. there wasn't i don't know if there was any jokes in the film that i was like oh wow i haven't seen that one before that's funny <laughs> It was it was literally every single joke in the film, and this film is like jam packed with jokes. Oh my god, is this gonna be a, a miserable episode? Ten twenty jokes a, um, a minute, and it's mm. like, and these jokes on paper are so good, and mm. it's such a well written film, and it's such my sense of humor. But I, it's it's I was it, say that. it's like I was already watching it for the fiftieth time, and I was kind of it was just very run of the mill for me. So I. Don't, I- how do we feel about being the podcast that like dares to defy these like Gen X darlings of comedy? <laughs> I know, I know. This coming 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 into this season season seven of the podcast, we've just come off the back of me saying God's not dead is isn't that bad, saying Fred is an auteur of cinema, one of the other <laughs> oh, true auteurs we've covered on the podcast, defending Return to Sleepaway Camp, which apparently is controversial. And now I'm saying, you know, Airplane didn't love it. <laughs> <laughs> this is crazy. We're, we're not this kind of podcast. We're not we're not the ones that usually have these kind of controversial <sighs> takes. I'm worried yeah, that like, we're going to... It's a similar thing, I think, that happened in when we covered Austin Powers, although I would say I probably like Austin Powers more than I like Airplane. But mm. that... Maybe I just wasn't in the right mood as well. And I enjoy talking about the jokes with you more than I enjoy watching them because right. it's that thing of they are good jokes on paper mm. and in, mm. in the film as well, they're good jokes. I've just seen them so many times. <laughs> I I was writing the, the episode plan for this a few hours ago. Mm. And then after I'd finished, I, we were messaging because this is the second episode we've recorded in a row because you'll be listening to this while I'm either uh, in the UK or have died in a plane crash. Mm. Um, and the... <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, the, so we're recording this quite far in advance. So it's like that's why if if some big event has happened like the yeah. queen dying on the 21st of may 2022 that's why yeah. we haven't mentioned it yeah <laughs> um and so and after i finished writing it you were like which one which episode do you want to record first do you want to record this one or the improv episode which you would have heard last week and i said let's do improv and you said <laughs> that's good we can get all our jokes out early so the airplane episode won't be funny just like the movies <laughs> yeah. and i was like oh my god is that actually the start you take <laughs> i wrote all of this with the assumption you would have had a great time you just you, you just like left the breaks in your thing for like richard wax's lyrical about so about the jokes there's a best joke section and i've written like three jokes because i was like richard will remember the best <laughs> i can tell oh you some God. of my favorite jokes but they didn't make me laugh when i saw it because they made me laugh 10 years ago when i first saw them <laughs> i saw this when i was very young um i think it's pretty funny i think this is one of those things where it's like this isn't really my sense of humor anymore like this is as i said it's very gen x very well, well it's funny because there's a movie that i love 
that I've tried to get you to watch multiple times called They Came mm. Together, which I think is the same sense of humor. And yeah. like when watching Airplane, I have the same reaction as when I tried to show you. <laughs> they came I've together. seen They Came Together. Oh, I watched you, it all. You were on your phone. But the <laughs> Um, but the first time I pl- I showed it to you, you were just like, "Is the whole movie like this?" And I was like, <laughs> "I was like, yeah, you know, through tears, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah." And you're like, "Can we turn it off then?" <laughs> well, this well, I think airplanes better than they came together. I I think this is the most refined and funniest version of this sense of humor. I think you've got all the comedy heavyweights. Um, well, sort of. We'll get to that in a bit. But um. Yeah, so I, I I I like this movie. I think I think I uh, like you. I can certainly see watching it and being like, "Well, I'm sure this was hysterical forty years ago. Mm. Like, I'm sure this was the funniest thing someone has ever seen." And now, you know, in a post uh, fucking I don't know Lego movie <laughs> in a, like environment, I'm my my sense of humor is, is a little, little. It's a little more little, refined, thanks. It's a little more cutting edge. No, it's not. It's not better or worse. It's just very different. Well, I know, yeah, and, and but like, don't get me wrong. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious, and don't call me Shirley. Like. That's like a top 10 film line of all time. Mm. But it ain't going to make me laugh. No, certainly not. Here are the jokes that made me laugh watching it this time. Mm. Um, and the, some of these are classics. Some of these are uh, less... Actually, no, these are probably all <laughs> well-loved jokes. I think I, I think that's the thing about this movie is that like every single line of dialogue in this film has mm. been... You could probably make like... You could probably... <laughs> make this like show this entire movie just with like gifs that that mm, are circulating yeah. yeah 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 true um i really like when uh the, they're landing the plane and leslie nelson's character who's a doctor uh enters the cockpit three separate times and yeah. says i just want to wish you all good luck we're all counting on you that was my favorite joke that. it's so good and it just it, he does it with the exact same cadence each yeah. time a- and even after up. they've landed even after they landed, <laughs> that that feels like a absurd by modern standards joke. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? That that feels like a like a twenty twenty two joke. Like, and and the, the, that's that's a joke I would you know, I would not not necessarily to say I would come up with, but that's a joke <laughs> I would put in something. You know? Yeah, yeah. And the other one I really liked was a little kid named Joey is is comes into the cockpit to to check it out, and um, Captain Over <laughs> when he's alone with this kid says, "Joey, have you ever seen a grown man naked?" And like <laughs> something about the like the dryness of it, <laughs> and also like. I re- we'll get more into this, but it, the the implication is that Captain Over is a pedophile. But like, there's kind of an innocence to how he says it. That's it reminded me more of like, you know, in Wayne's World when Garth is like, "You ever think Bugs Bunny was attractive when he put on a like?" It it feels more curious than predatory. Yeah, yeah. And I really liked that delivery, and I thought that was really funny. Um, I also really liked uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar uh, plays the co-pilot. Um, and that that's just very funny to see maybe some of the one of the best performances by a sport you know, <laughs> yeah. a sportsman turned actor is one is one of the best examples of it, I think. He's got good comedic timing. And the kid recognizes him as Kareem Abdul Jabbar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um and this is our second time seeing him in film franchise Fortnites. What do you think the first time was? The Muppets. No, he was in D two, the Mighty Ducks. Oh nice. <laughs> What what my my favorite like reoccurring joke from the film was the you know when they say we need to get this this man to a hospital a hospital what is it it's a large building with patients but that's not important right now that yep. the 
what is it explains the thing but that's not important right now is used yeah. like six times <laughs> and yeah. Uh, yeah that is, that's great. i was gonna bring that up because that is what i would describe and have described as richard humor <laughs> that's a richard joke like you do that to me all the time to the point where like you changed the way i speak richard <laughs> because i had to make sure that if i was asking you what something is that it was clear which noun i was referring to in the sentence <laughs> but that's not important right now yeah um and so that's that's why i was surprised to hear you didn't like it because that's that's the definition of a richard joke there's even more in the second one that they, they do it all the fucking time in the second one so i was i'm surprised to hear that they had such an average time with it yeah no, yeah i would describe it as an average time it's not like i didn't like it i was just like right, yep, right. this is this is a list of jokes i've seen on reddit <laughs> the other line i really liked is there's a running joke where the character mccroskey who's um he's the man on the ground that's trying to land the plane um he has a running joke throughout it where he, where he says like looks like i picked the wrong week to quit cigarettes puffs <laughs> yeah. a cigarette and there's a few that will you know coffee and quit and, drinking, and yeah. sniffing glue the best one i thought was look like it looks <laughs> like i picked the wrong time to quit amphetamines <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. i thought that was great we need more amphetamines jokes. And, <laughs> and uh, I will say just on the jokes front as well that there's the bit where the like the the fog's getting thicker and there's like and Tony's getting larger. <laughs> that, um, that's uh, if it's used in Family Guy in the I think it's one of the Star Wars one. I think maybe something 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 Dark Side, and I never got that show. I was always like, what the fuck? Like, is this line? And then so there was the the day. The moment today where I realized it was a reference to Airplane. It's happened so many times on Film Franchise Fortnites that I've found out that uh, something in The Simpsons was a reference to something. It's never happened mm. with Family Guy yet. Well, <laughs> we can only hope you'll get through all the adult animated cartoon block. <laughs> including all the references. Do you have any other jokes you want to shout out? This is what this is one of these franchises, ladies and gentlemen. Which is very hard to talk this about. Is what we have, whenever we do a comedy franchise, it's just like, what yeah. jokes did you like? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which feels such such shit podcasting. Yeah. But at least we're aware of it. Maybe that makes it better. Um, and to be honest, though, if you don't have any other jokes, there is yeah, definitely more there is a fairly well-known piece of trivia about this film which is kind of like one of those perfect podcast morsels um you know it's similar to like how like i would regard our our film franchise fortnights on the hobbit trilogy as one of our best purely because there's so much podcasty fodder right. to talk about and, and the airplane has one of these and you've probably heard it before but um what this piece of trivia does do is it, is it makes this one of these film franchises where um one it's one strand of connective tissue away from being considered a much larger franchise uh because right. we we specifically said hey we only have time to do a two film franchise this was chosen by our patrons um so so suggest two film franchises and it wasn't till we were watching this movie until i was watching this movie where i was like oh yeah maybe this isn't a two film franchise because um while the first film is is regarded as being a parody of well actually both films are regarded as being a parody of another franchise um a 1970s series called airport which had like four or five entries i'd never heard of <laughs> um airplane the first one could arguably seen be seen as a remake of a of a uh, 1957 film called zero hour sorry zero hour because it also has an exclamation mark um 
Zero. Have you heard of Zero Hour? Do you, did you uh, read the on, cracked on, article only ten years this, ago? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, zero Zero Hour is a black and white drama about a disgraced war vet named Ted Stryker who boards <laughs> a plane in order to win his estranged love interest, who is a stewardess back. Uh, but he but uh, he soon finds himself the only one on board capable of landing the plane after bad fish makes everyone, including the pilot, sick. <laughs> um, also, the co-pilot is played by a famous sports. Um, so it's it's borderline not a parody it's borderline a remake yeah um abrams and the zucker brothers randomly stumbled upon zero hour one night um after they left their vcr on to record ads so that they could parody the ads on their live shows and they thought it was so overly serious and dramatic that it bordered on comedy um because zero hour was owned by paramount pictures the makers of airplane um that was is also airplanes also a paramount uh, feature they were able to use the screenplay almost verbatim it was co-owned by warner bros so <laughs> they paid warner bros uh dollars in 1970s money to acquire the property in full um initially the idea was to recreate zero hour completely right <laughs> um and and every right right down to it being black and white and set in the 50s and starring prestigious serious actors the comedy was going to come from comedy sketches and fake adverts which would be scattered throughout the film which if you've seen these the, the zazz's uh uh, debut film Kentucky Fried Movie. That's what Kentucky Fried Movie is. But so basically, they had to compromise on every single one of these ideas to get the film made, <laughs> um, ex- except for one. And that one idea was that it would star serious actors, which they believed would enhance the comedy over casting comedy heavyweights of the day, such as Bill Murray or Chevy Chase. Um, David Zucker explained that the trick was to cast actors like Robert Stack, Leslie Nielsen, Peter Graves, and Lloyd Bridges these were people who up to that time had never done comedy we thought they were much funnier than the comedians of that time were um, and this is how relatively serious b-movie actor leslie nielsen was cast in the film and it launched his career mm. as maybe one of the most recognizable actors of the spoof parody genre yeah. um which is a very strange and specific genre to rule over and i hope he was proud of it um he died in 2010 which was a couple of years after the genre itself died so maybe <laughs> by that point he was like uh what am i do i need to get out of doing these movies but like i can't like spoof is such a specific genre and leslie nielsen was the face of it you know for, yeah for it is funny because it's like life. he's he's so fucking funny yeah like yeah. it's and it's it's unreal like how how funny this mm. dude's delivery could be and it is yeah. because he's 100 percent serious and it's like yeah um yeah it's definitely like that's the the secret source of this film is that everyone's playing it completely straight there was there were like there was like an urban legend i think that the actors were told it was a drama i don't think that could be true i think like there's a scene where one guy like takes off sunglasses to reveal he has another pair of sunglasses (laughs) underneath and it's like i don't think that guy thought they were making a serious movie um but uh christopher lee turned down and later regretted turning down leslie nielsen's role in the film which i think is very fascinating you know, imagine Christopher Lee in a, in a role like that. Uh, Bill Murray, Chevy Chase, as I said, Fred Willard, David Letterman, and Caitlyn Jenner were both uh, like all auditioned for Ted Stryker, um, the latter of whom is dead named on IMDb trivia. So, someone please fix that. Also on, IMDb. on um on Wikipedia. 
Oh, there you go. Um, that's weird that it wouldn't be. Uh, Wikipedia has like a note and it says, um, like at the time of production, Caitlin was still presenting as male and not as Bruce Jenner. Yeah, but that's isn't that that's not really considered. Yeah how to do it right yeah anyway i um, didn't think we'd discuss uh transphobia for the second time <laughs> in a row on for franchise fortnights um there's quite a lot of super juicy trivia around this process of of serious actors trying to get their head around being in a deadpan like deadpan in a comedy film robert stack who i mentioned who plays captain over um had to be talked into uh it had to be talked into starring in the film after rejecting the script and calling it dumb crap um <laughs> and apparently he had such an incredibly difficult time playing uh, an implied pedophile that the directors just lied to him and told him that his pedophilic jokes made sense because of another scene that he wasn't in (laughs) (laughs) but he returned for the sequel so clearly like he wasn't that he he got it yeah eventually yeah yeah um, Lloyd Bridges, this is my favourite piece of trivia I've read about this movie. Lloyd Bridges, who played McCroskey, um, had a lot of questions trying to understand his character, his motivation and his dialogue. And Robert Stack, who'd clearly learned the ropes by this point, um, pointed out that the visual gags were so frequent and nonsensical that no one in the audience was going to care. Quote, Lloyd, we are the joke. <laughs> How good is that? Yeah. He gets it. He, he didn't get it. Now he gets it, right? Like, that's such a cool process to see. We are the joke. Imagine yeah. being, like, an actor of such esteem and then getting cast in something like this and being like, I get it. I yeah, get yeah, it. The, the, like, yeah, it's it's funny because it's me, yeah. I'm the joke. <laughs> um, One line, if you're wondering, like, how can I... I black and white serious drama be adapted um to a slapstick silly spoof comedy um here is one line of many directed lifted directly from zero hour um we have to find someone who can not only fly this plane but who didn't have fish for dinner (laughs) um which i could so see seeing in something like zero hour and be like oh well we gotta put that in a movie yeah well Um, yeah because it's also like i imagine these guys were probably just like stoned <laughs> and, yeah. yeah they and, were they were yes <laughs> yeah and just like and watching this and you would just like be cracking up at this yeah exactly um as an example of the differences between zero hour and airplane there's a scene in airplane where one of the passengers is you know goes hysterical because the plane she thinks she's gonna die and she goes i gotta get out of here i gotta get out of here and the stewardess comes up and tries to calm her down and then um leslie nielsen comes i'll take care of the stewardess and then slaps her like and then there's a whole line of people lined up ready to slap her and and attack her basically <laughs> um the the original scene is in that scene is in zero hour uh but instead the stewardess tries to calm her and then another passenger's like no i'll take care of it and then does so so they do the first two parts of the joke there's just not a line yeah right le- le- leading up which is still like that's still funny unintentionally yeah that so you'd be shaking someone and then someone's like no no i'll take care of this as then um yeah so they the the this was actually going to be just performed just as the same way just with two characters but the actress um was like why don't other people line up and they just improved it on the day like nice. got got the characters lined up and um the uh apparently it was the first take that they they did where it pans over and you see one guy's got boxing gloves one guy's got a tire iron one guy's got a revolver (laughs) um 
Yeah, so all of this is to say maybe we should have covered Zero Hour, (laughs) considering the line between remake and parody here is is blurrier than ever. Maybe we can watch it for film franchise follow-ups. I can't imagine it. We'd find it very interesting. It's it's an incredibly um, interesting way to make a movie, Mm. I think, and I'm surprised we haven't seen something like this happen. Well, maybe we have. It feels like a familiar set up to just parody an old movie richard a segment we constantly forget to do um is called french wise and that is a portmanteau that my google doc does not want me spelling (laughs) do whatever it can to not let me spell french wise uh which is of course our segment where we discuss why why a franchise and is two films a franchise the jury can sometimes be out on that question um (laughs) And why Why do you think... So, okay, it's money. It's because the first one was an international success, but is there a philosophical reason, do you think, for why Airplane was so good that it warranted Airplane 2? Well, it's funny, because you'd think that, like, just launching the career of Leslie Nielsen would be, like, what you would do. Like, if, mm. I, if I made this and the, the sort of the following he got from it is, like you would that's why you would make a sequel to do more with his character mm, who is absent he's, from but he's the on the sequel so yeah i mean this one's baffling i did just see i didn't realize uh, jonathan banks is in airplane yes he is in this movie it's our third jonathan banks franchise after uh crocodile dundee and um gremlins apparently <laughs> um yeah jonathan banks briefly appears um yeah so the what what we what this franchise could really be pivoted to is discussing the career of Jim Abrams and the Zucker brothers because they are the guys that followed Leslie Nielsen through through all of his you know even right up to Scary Movie Four like they were the ones there mm. so I guess they there is no philosophical reason there's no poetry here i mean we'll learn more about that later but first i've got some dumb imdb trivia richard because the only thing dumber than a dumb spoof comedy is what people want to say about it and over on imdb trivia uh you can actually um submit a piece of trivia right now if you wanted and it could say anything and that's what people do so here are some poorly worded or stupid or otherwise dumb pieces of imdb trivia uh robert stack was apparently offered a percentage of the film or an extra 20k and he chose poorly now what's dumb about this piece of imdb trivia is not only is there an authorial voice in here that i hate uh (laughs) It also doesn't tell you which one he picked. Yeah. Without any context, I don't know what that means. (laughs) Um, Interesting coincidence regarding the Don't Call Me Shirley scene. The infamous 1956 mid-air collision disaster over the Grand Canyon, the world's first commercial airline incident to exceed 100 fatalities, the pilot of one of the two planes was named Robert Shirley. (laughs) That's, That's a that's a grim piece of i <laughs> yeah did not want someone to someone saw the the news article and thought <laughs> yeah it also came out bef- like the came out the disaster happened before the movie did so yeah. is it a coincidence maybe they just named him after mm. that if anything um steven stucker plays johnny this is the and he's larger or whatever the joke is um the crazy traffic control person cracking wise at the tower in o'hare airport throughout the film although it is never explicitly stated it's pretty clear that both steven stucker and his on-screen counterpart are gay which already is like 
okay, I don't think that's very regressive to be like, he's clearly gay. <laughs> um, it's it's pretty amazing that in a, a 1980s raunchy party movie and gross-out comedy, very much in the vein of National Lampoon and Saturday Night Live, to have a stereotype gay character in the movie who isn't the butt of the joke, but who is instead poking fun at everyone else. Very rare for a 1980s comedy. <laughs> I think this is all just based on the presumption that the character's gay or that. Like, the the writer of this trivia is the bad person for pointing this out, yeah, I yeah, think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and finally, the last piece of dumb IMDb trivia I have is, uh, is the most reacted to movie on YouTube? Which is interesting because I watched this on YouTube. I, I bought it on YouTube. Huh. Um, and it has apparently the most reactions, or at least it did whenever this piece of trivia was written. Wow. Airplane 2, Airplane two. <laughs> the sequel, came out in 1982, also known as Flying High 2, the sequel, in Australia, New Zealand, South Africa, Japan, and the Philippines. Um, this came out in 1982. It was directed by Ken Finkelman, who had written the screenplay for the similarly maligned sequel Grease 2, which had released earlier that year. What do you think this has on Rotten Tomatoes? Um, 45. 42%. Uh, so pretty close. What do you think it's about? It's Airplane... In space. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. They, there's a <laughs> new airplane that is supposed to take people to the moon, but Stryker knows, that, who's been institutionalized since the events of the first film, he knows that it's not going to make it to the moon, and so he sneaks aboard, etc., etc. Uh, what did you think of this movie? Uh, it's, yeah, uh, fairly on par, but slightly worse <laughs> movie than the it's first one. It's interesting, isn't it? I think... I don't think this is really, like, less funny. Like, the jokes, the best jokes in Airplane 2 are just as good as the best jokes in Airplane. It's just got less of them, Yeah, maybe. although it was interesting, though. Like, I, I, they didn't, they're, they're the same kind of jokes, so that it wasn't, like, this breath of fresh air. But it was really interesting how I was so familiar with all the jokes from Airplane, despite never having seen it, but there was, like, two jokes that I recognised in oh, wow. Airplane so you- 2. But, like, <laughs> other, other than just, like, the... That's not important right now, you know. But the, yeah, there was like this one is a lot less sort of in the like I didn't realize until this week I didn't realize it was about going to space. Mm, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, no, I think I'd seen parts of it when I was a kid. I must have. Um, the the only like I think it's I think it's really silly though to like be like the story isn't as good. Like that's a terrible reason to mm. for this to not be received as good as by critics but i think the only real inferior moment i can think of is that when it straight up flashes back to the the joke of everyone lining up to slap the hysterical mm. woman like that's like why are you just showing me this again but then even that serves to a callback that happens after yeah it i back. think across both films the flashbacks i didn't like the the first one uses flashbacks quite a lot and and yeah they, it's like this weird staying alive scene yeah they they just like go the, on and guy, on and on and i was like on and on, yeah yeah and then there's the yeah. from here to eternity scene and it's like yeah 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 um my best my best jokes my favorite jokes in airplane two are um the mental hospital there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care plush care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe fda approved weight loss medications like wigovi and Zepbound for those who qualify Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
plushcare.com slash weight loss. But all that uh, striker is being held at is called Ronald Reagan Hospital for the Mentally Ill. And the sign reads, we cure people the old fashioned way. (laughs) (laughs) That's a very good 80s joke. Um, The one joke I remembered from this, from when I must have seen it when I was a kid, is when McCroskey hears that Stryker is flying the plane and he's trying to remember where he's heard the name and he's like, Stryker, 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 Stryker. And he looks at a man and a woman standing behind him and he goes, Stryker, Stryker. The guy shrugs and then punches the lady, which is (laughs) the only time I'm going to say, that guy punching a lady was a great joke. Um, (laughs) Is this the second time you've praised someone punching a lady? (laughs) It's true. (laughs) wait what was the first the there's the line of people yeah 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 i didn't necessarily praise that um i thought that that this had a lot more richard humor in it there's a scene where someone's testifying that um striker is unfit to fly the plane um and they they're talking about like striker is this war vet who like a bunch of his men died over mucho grande in the war as they call it mm. um and and this guy's like explaining what happened and he's like and then then so and so did this and he got out and then the guy interviewing is like and he got out no no and he died but, <laughs> da, 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 da. i don't know how i don't know how he got out how he got out no unfortunately how he never saw the light of day like that to me is like textbook the kind of thing that you love um one thing i will say about this movie that i about both movies that i uh, re- like recognized and respected because the entire movie is that that sense of humor mm. and that's what i do to you all the time that it's like yeah. taking and i hate it and here i am defending it is <laughs> <laughs> like someone saying something and another person taking it literally but mm. I, the thing is though that I, and it's almost like a rule in the films and i wonder if this was like in the writer's room kind of thing that it's like it's almost as if everyone was meant to take that literally like everything's taken literally in the way that we the audience know it not to be but it's almost always like the character who asked who's being misinterpreted is in on it as well yeah like right yeah okay like because when he when he says i am serious and don't call me shirley it's never like no i was i meant surely it's, yeah, like, it's like he was calling him he Shirley. was calling him Shirley yeah <laughs> fan theory striker was calling Leslie Nielsen Shirley I think so but like but the way that the, the whole the whole rest of the film is yeah. is um is framed that that like he actually is that's such a good fan theory <laughs> I can post that to like shitty fan theories. <laughs> um all of this praise of the humor in this film uh, that I'm sort of doing, I guess. All of that being said, um, what's actually pretty interesting about the sequel is that Abrams and the Zucker brothers had nothing to do yeah. with it. Um, they they opted out of they were gonna make it then we're like no actually we think this is a god-awful idea i mean apparently at least the last time they commented on it uh, they still haven't seen it some 20 years later yeah. you know 40 years now but um on the dvd commentary for one of them they for, i guess the first one yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they said they'd, they'd never seen it um i wonder if this knowledge that the this like this incredibly um formative creative team didn't return i wonder if that's one of the reasons that Mm. such a bad faith reception befell this movie because i don't think i think it's a pretty fairly um well done uh 
copying of that style. It's a very simple style. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a it's a hangover two sequel. Yeah, yeah. yeah for for yeah. being just like oh, we got the guy who wrote Grease two. That to be able to emulate the styles like yeah. pretty yeah, pretty one to one. I yeah. thought. Yeah. Um, this film contains a cameo appearance from Hervé Villachez, who is the little person uh, we've seen previously as Knickknack in The Man with the Golden Gun. Nice. Um, he's he's more famously known as the Ziplain guy from uh, oh. Fantasy Island, I believe. <laughs> um, it also contains a background sight gag uh, for Rocky XXXVIII, uh, which, as discussed on the Rocky episode, so like there's a character in, a, in an airport um, and they, they buy a bomb from the airport, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the airport store. Um, and in the background, there's like this poster that has Rocky XXXVIII written on it. And there's like this old, old man, 38, as this old man in punching gloves. Um, and as discussed on the Rocky episode, this is a hilarious 1980s joke at the idea that, that Rocky, which in 1982, only had two sequels. <laughs> uh, this was the, the, the idea idea that this is too many sequels yeah isn't that such a has one more than airplane has yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) as such a like dated joke but for a reason that's not problematic and that's a very rare reason for a joke to be dated i guess so speaking of things that are problematic richard i'd like you to um push your tray back and uh adjust your seat to its upright position and buckle your seatbelt and prepare as we enter problematic corner Ooh, i bet this didn't age well let's get a lap at someone else's expense I have to warn you, this might get obscene. This the problematic corner where ain't nothing PC. So, this is, of course, our segment we sometimes remember to do, where we discuss any stuff that hasn't aged very well. Um, and in uh, the airplane movies, there is plenty of stuff that, mm-hmm. if you watch it now, you'd be like, wow. Jesus Christ, that was offensive. Um, <laughs> and, you know, we just have to accept that one of the most revered comedies of all time has, like, horrific comedy in it in some oh. spots. Um, and tw- in a 2019 Decider article, uh, writer Glenn Kenny reflected on some of the problematic jokes in the first Airplane film um, and marked them on an offensiveness scale. Right. So this is, this is what he did. And he, he explained to the article that, um, quote, I graded liberally, which is to say conservatively, which I thought was a great line. Mm. Um, I included the Jewish jokes conceived and executed by the movie's Jewish auteurs and a twins conjoined at the head visual gag that I considered too improbable to get really worked up about, among other things. I also counted instances of characters just being gratuitously mean, like air traffic, Gunderson's immortal, what an asshole aside, and I came up with a total of 45 for running gags, including the notorious Captain Over musings. I kept the same number and subdivided alphabetically. So there's a lot for an 80... That's a lot for an 87 minute movie so kenny goes on to give the reasonable if not relatively common defense of this kind of thing of saying like it was a different time well not not yeah there's that but there's also like who's being made fun of who is the joke on you know like you can maybe make this joke if the joke is is on the right person um and he wrote that when young joey is ushered into the cockpit and uh robert uh and sorry graves character um is it Graves? I thought it was Robert Stack. Maybe I've been saying the wrong name this whole time. Oh, Graves is over. Oh, who's Robert Stack? He's to be? Uh, Kramer. 
Oh, God. Okay, never mind. Ignore whenever I've said Robert Stack from <laughs> here. Um, the, yeah, when Graves' Graves character immediately starts with, you ever seen a grown man naked, Joey? You ever hang out around a gymnasium? The laughter it triggers is not because pedophilia is funny. It's not, but because the character actor is saying these words with unabashed, bland, stentorian sincerity. <laughs> and the I can't believe this effect is heightened, not just by the fact that no one in the cockpit re- reacts, save stewardess Randy, who wants Joey to get out of there as soon as possible, but that over slash graves keeps at it, reaching the an apex of or Nadir with, do you like gladiator movies? <laughs> <laughs> which is a very funny um sort of what do you call it like progression heightening of the joke i think the most interesting thing that kenny notes in his article though is that the two african-american passengers aboard the plane who speak in the in the first film they speak in jive so they're speaking in what we would now regard as like stereotypical 1980s african-american slang and they they have subtitles and the, mm. the joke is very much like black people sound funny but like the, you know, my so, favorite that, but a uh, bit of that is that the she is subtitled <laughs> as golly yeah golly um what makes this potentially less offensive, though, is if you believe the circumstantial evidence that these two actors, Norman Alexander Gibbs and Al White, actually wrote this dialogue themselves. Um, and they even coached the old white woman who claims to speak jive <laughs> on, on what to say. And I think that's a that goes from being like, it depends how you look at it, and obviously I'm not the person to make the call, but mm. it, it, it goes from being like, this is a bad taste kind of like white people making fun of black people joke to like oh now everyone's actually getting involved and creating yeah and you're, you're making fun of white people now yeah yeah that is if it's true it might not be true hmm. um and also apparently in the script it was like the jive guys say mofo or something so like already it's like kind of dismissive in a in a uh, troubling way, uh, but look when it comes to problematic corner for comedies from the early eighties, I think you got to balance between being a stick in the mud and being sensitive to the people these jokes affect. Um, like you know some people will be like, oh, it's the best comedy of all time, give it a break, and some people will be like, no, <laughs> and that's. Yeah. You know, that's also valid. Um, And like we said on the film franchise Four Nights, the last episode for Sleepaway Camp, the time period can often offer an explanation rather than an excuse. Um, So while I'm willing to enjoy most of the jokes in these movies, I would still regard some of them as being too far. Mm -hmm. Um, Namely, there's a particularly jaw-dropping rape joke in the second film, which I don't even know if I want to repeat, um, where just a character like is accused of, of rape and defends it and sort of like a way that's supposed to like parody the, what people who deny allegations say, but it's still, it's, pretty intense i thought um i thought it was also interesting in the second one there's a joke and uh where a there's like it cuts through different news shows and then one of them is a feminist vegetarian news show <laughs> yeah and it, it the the way that they're portrayed is so like it, it, the, the film is the attitude of like while well, everyone hates female vegans or well, everyone hates feminist vegetarians yeah. you know what i mean like the joke the jokes are like very like yeah, like, which is funny, just, like it, 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 it feels ahead of its time. <laughs> that like, <laughs> and, you, and yet behind its time at the same time. Yeah, like, like, like I mean, you would, you, you shouldn't, but you would see that kind of joke now. You know, mm, like it feels yeah. like, oh, I didn't realize they made fun of like that that yeah. that people 
you know, made these kind of jokes 40 years ago. Mm. But, I mean, yeah, nowadays it's like, <laughs> feminists. Yeah. yeah. The, um, yeah. So we, we uh, talk about titles a lot mm. on this podcast. And there's some good title stuff to talk about with the Airplane series. As we mentioned, um, Fly, it's called Flying High in a lot of countries, uh, but Airplane continues from from at least what I've researched to be maybe one of the most retitled uh, films we've ever covered. Oh, really? And all the titles are so fun. Those are the titles in like non-English speaking yeah, um, yeah. countries. Um, in Argentina, the title is Edonde Esta El Palito, which is, is And Where Is The Pilot? <laughs> in uh, Brazil, it's... Uh, Apetem os centros o pilitos simu, which is tighten your seatbelts, the pilot is gone. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Italian title is Leero pi paso del mondo, which means the craziest plane in the world. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is. It certainly is. The Finnish title for the movie is Hey, men lenintan, which is Hey, we're flying. <laughs> The Polish title of the movie is She Leke Zenami Pilot, which is, is the pilot flying with us? <laughs> it's so funny to me. Um, the German title is, I don't have the German uh, translation, but the, well, I have the English, the English translation, which is The Incredible Trip in a Crazy Airplane. <laughs> You've come back to school primary school after your um, holiday and you've got to write what you did on your summer vacation <laughs> the incredible trip in a crazy airplane uh the check the check title for the movie is which is fasten your seatbelts please um and these the title in spain was a como puedas which is land as you can um, and the as you can joke became so popular that several comedies with spoof kind of humor have very similar titles. So the Naked yeah. Gun was called Catch Him As You Can, um, and 2001 A Space Travesty was called 2001 Take Flight As You Can. Uh, so that's kind of interesting. Um, similarly, the French title of the movie translates to um, Is There a Pilot on the Plane? Uh, or Ya Til Un pilote dans l'avion um and or l'avion i should that's obviously how it's pronounced and um, the same form of title would later be used for the naked gun movies um so that was is there a pilot on the plane naked gun was called is there a cop to save the queen and the next one was the president the, is there a cop to save the president yeah. etc um and in norway the title of the movie is help we're flying or help vim flair <laughs> uh, one of many unrelated comedies around that period of time that for some reason got the prefix help in a basic description within so there's a lot of help movies in Norway. Uh, in terms of Airplane 2, the sequel, that is a, I think that's such a funny title to yeah. make your subtitle the sequel. But as you, you said before, I kind of do wish this is called, this was called Airplane in Space, uh, being <laughs> that it becomes one of our coveted in space sequels yeah. that um, one of the original running jokes of the podcast. Ace Ventura um, in Space, baby. Ace Ventura space in Space. Ventura. Richard, we are we are running through these segments in an attempt to make this a sub one hour episode, um, which I would love to do. The editor is thanking me, but first, we, I am the editor, so I'm thanking myself. Oh, yeah. First, we're going to do a segment called Cult Elders, which I reckon is going to take fucking twenty minutes. <laughs> yeah. 
So this is a segment on our show where if you join our cult elders tier, this is sorry, the segment's called Meeting of the Elders. If you join our cult elders tier, um, you get access to a secret Discord server where um, you can tell us what you thought of the movies. Richard, would you like to read the cult elders? I segment? sure can. So Craig from TP Semicolon, he said airplane or flying high, as I always knew. Interesting, Craig's from New Zealand, so was a pivotal film for me. I've not seen it in years and there is likely some problematic shit that didn't age well. There is. But it played a huge role in shaping my sense of humor, having watched it dozens of times as a kid and young adult. It is endlessly quotable and even the throwaway lines and exchanges, the fog is getting thicker and Leon's getting larger. We're thrown around at any opportunity within Alfano. It is the perfect mix of deadpan delivery, especially from Neil- Leslie Nielsen, ridiculous dialogue, zany slapstick, and excellent visual humor. I wish that I'd had a chance to rewatch it before writing so that I could add some more insightful comments. Airplane 2 wasn't the worst film I've ever seen, but I remember virtually nothing about it. Hmm. Tends to be the way with <laughs> Airplane 2. <laughs> uh, Pre from Michigan said, I'm generally interested to hear y'all's take on Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in the movie. I'm guessing neither of you are NBA fans. You are correct. I thought he was great, but I may be grading on athlete in a movie curve. I mainly know Kareem Abdul-Jabbar from a cameo he has on Scrubs. <laughs> sure. I mean, I think he's got good comedic timing. Yeah. Really Maybe not the, st- the strongest actor, but the comedic timing's mm. more yeah, important yeah. for this movie. Um, yeah. Uh, Dan from Hawaii replied to that and said he's still an icon here such staying power also now a novelist Captain Brent from Texas says I was about 16 the first time I saw Airplane I watched it almost as a requirement it felt like it was a cultural touchstone that I needed to be familiar with I was right it absolutely it is absolutely that touchstone and after becoming familiar with it I understood so many other jokes and references that had previously gone over my head similar kind of experience I enjoyed it and still do for the non-sequiturs and zany gags I feel like the sex jokes sex jokes are if not mostly dated out of place what the hell was going on with that inflatable autopilot guy best character I in the love film? I, love I love the inflatable auto, yeah. autopilot guy it's such a so that that the autopilot is a inflatable man and it just it just keeps coming back in the film yeah. relentlessly it's so funny uh, he says uh, i didn't see the second one based on reputation alone i could probably give it a go but why would i when i can just make you do it and report back and says i wonder how the abortion joke would at the beginning would go over today yeah it's it's crazy to, like abortion such a big thing in the news right now and then mm. to start this movie from 1980 and it, it opens with the um the the what it's like the the intercom at the airport mm. is like a bickering husband and wife talking about an abortion yeah which did you see the behind the scenes fact about that yeah they're a real husband and wife that um they tried to find like actual actors to play those characters but then just ended up getting a husband and wife that actually do airport intercom yeah which is sucker um uh scotty doesn't know i had to look um to see if airplane is on netflix i uh, searched titles related to airplane and the top one is world trade center the oliver stone film um <laughs> second is monty python and the holy grail which i think is probably a lot more in line he also has earbud in his yeah uh, in the other suggestions um dan would like their haiku to be read which says it's sadly dated ruined all airplane movies kareem is the best and then goes on to say, I will add that it's the first time I ever saw boobs in a movie where I saw this as a kid. I think if I watched it again now, I'd rate it higher, but I watched it in the review above with someone seeing it for the first time. Someone very critical of poorly aged and somewhat problematic material. I tried watching one of the airport films as a teen and oh man, this one ruined them all. Perfect send up <laughs> to end an entire subgenre similar to um, 
uh, walk hard for musical biopics, but you know, maybe or what it should have done. Yeah, anyway. exactly. Um, I take my coffee bliss like my dogs says the level of humor output in the original airplane is the metaphorical stove of comedy turned the utmost heat. Hence it stands as one of my favorite comedies. You just can't turn it up any more than this. Okay. Maybe Monty Python and the Holy Grail is just a bit funnier. We're the wrong people to wrong, be making yes, yeah. <laughs> Perhaps not every joke lands. Some are just dumb eye rollers, while others are insanely funny and wacky. I will say, though, that I, I never felt myself like rolling my eyes at any jokes. No, not in the same way we grew to do in, in the scary movie. Please. Yeah, that, like there, yeah. there were no jokes. I was like, oh, come on. Like, I yeah. still liked all the jokes. I was just, just seen it before. Yeah. Um. It sits, in my opinion, somewhere near Blazing Saddles and uh, and that some of the humour is problematic, but not to the extent that, extent that it fails to work. The jive scene is great. Note, I've seen the Zucker Brothers' previous film, Kentucky Fried Movie, and that's much more problematic than this could ever be. No one is safe from the inferno that this film's red-hot sense of humour. Tons of religions get punched in the face. Nuns are ready to lay the smack down on some woman, and really, I don't think anyone winds up being more mocked than anyone else. Everyone is going to hell, and the film lets you know it. Um, just on the nuns, I do love that there's like, well, one thing that maybe when they come around and say, would you like something to read? And I was like, fuck, plane rides would have been boring in the 80s. Yeah. Um, but there's just, there's like a running sort of joke that like everyone's reading like uh, something weekly relating to who they are. Yeah. And so like yeah, the second yeah. one, the bomber is just like reading like Bomber's Digest. Um, yeah. Uh, some of my favorite bits there's a sale there's a sale at pennies have you ever seen a grown man naked and pretty much all of the bar scene with special kudos to the fighting scouts and the sailor who ever slowly get ever so slowly gets down with the boogie if you haven't seen it make sure to watch the direct comparisons between this film and zero hour you'll see how utterly bizarre the comparison is i haven't seen the second film as i didn't have quite enough time from what i know about it it exists <laughs> i don't the people are so harsh on the second film yeah. it's just it's fine well, it's none of these people have seen it yeah <laughs> these people <laughs> uh scotty doesn't know says watching this film again made me think a lot about modern comedies and how they just don't make them like they used to i can't think of the last film i saw where the movie was based around a particular actor style of comedy uh, such as jim carrey and ace ventura slash liar liar or mike myers and austin powers slash the guru or the love guru uh or adam sandler and the Waterboy or happy gilmore like none of those movies would work without those specific actors the leads actually the last movie i saw like this would probably be fred i miss the days <laughs> of the mid-budget comedy where a studio could bet all the chips on a single comedian to pull off a singular comedic vision like fred that was me adding like fred um will ferrell films have been uh, may have been the last of these types which are now evolved into ensemble films or will buddied up with mark Wahlberg or kevin hart rather than it just being will ferrell doing will ferrell airplane is perhaps one of the greatest comedies of all time and i feel unless studios start taking a punt on comedies with a single singular style slash vision again i doubt we will ever see anything this funny in the cinema again i can imagine if they ever tried to do a third one it would just be a bunch of snl actors and it would be trash if it was me i would cast the whose line is anyway guys it's funny calling it a singular vision when it was notable for being directed by three people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's some interesting points there. I, I yeah, I would say it's it's a very specific style of humor. I would check out David Wayne's stuff. Mm. Um, that like uh, We Hot American Summer and they came together. I would say are very much carrying the torch of this I kind agree. of movie. For better or worse, <laughs> I agree. We're not American Summer, especially as like. Yeah. That, that that lives and breathes in the in the shadow of airplane i think <laughs> uh 
Uh, so, Shall yeah, we... meeting adjourned. Meeting adjourned. And, Richard, the only thing we have left, really, to talk, there's a few things, but the main thing we still have to talk about is, of course, continue the franchise segment where we pitch continuations of this franchise. But before we do that, um, at the end of the credits of Airplane 2, the sequel, a title card for Airplane 3 appears on the screen, followed by William Shatner, who is in the movie, by the way, we didn't mention that. Um, and, and he says, that's exactly what they'll be expecting us to do. But before the second film was even greenlit, Paramount already apparently wanted a trilogy um which is very rare for the time you know 1980s the mm. people weren't like wanting trilogies at that time yeah well because it's like and what's next rocky 38 rocky 30 exactly um in a 2011 interview robert hayes who played ted striker explained that a third film came very close to being greenlit he said you have to understand the atmosphere 31 years ago sequels were frowned upon you were really looked down upon if you did sequels and that was all you could do you can't do anything else they'd go oh Robert Airplane Hayes. You ever going to do something besides Airplane? I was doing other films, and it's just that that was the attitude that they took. Nowadays, sequels are called franchises. Now they look for them. Um, Hayes pulled out of the project, and it died without him, um, something which he has stated he now regrets, interestingly wow. enough. But by continuing the franchise, Richard, it doesn't need Robert Hayes, because I'm pitching Airplane 3, the prequel. Hey. Which will follow a younger Ted Striker, played by someone else, during the Adam war. Adam yeah sure perhaps expanding upon the mucho grande incident um and i think it would be very funny to similarly to take a similarly to saccharin movie maybe a war movie and remix that verbatim into the script mm. you know like find like some b movie that's way too serious and, and use that script again because that's something i think the second film was lacking um and i reckon use this platform to make way for a spoof revival let's get the best comedy actors and writers of the day give it to lord and miller i reckon like mm. let them see what is a what is a 2022 spoof movie look like oh, it'll when probably it's be not woke <laughs> when it's not um you know, when it's not Vampires Suck, which came out probably 15 years ago. But <laughs> the like, my point being, like, you know, like, the spoof movie, the genre died because the movies got bad. The movies don't have yeah. to be bad, you yeah. know? So use Airplane 3, the prequel, as a way to do something interesting with that, I reckon. Nice. What have you got? Mine is also, mine's a workshop one. Um, it's what, like creating a new movie also to revitalize the spoof genre but you're using the same kind of of thing that that they did so they went looked 23 years earlier for a film the zero mm. hour they found and i thought it'd be fun for us to look at some films that came out in 1999 and what films could be you know lifted almost verbatim and made into a comedy do they have to be like good movie, bad movies, or? Um, I don't know. Not necessarily. You've got um, the first one that comes to mind is Election, <laughs> the oh, yeah. Matthew Broderick Reese, Reese Witherspoon. Well, film. one that I but thought th that's could... already quite a sharp comedy, though. So I don't that's know. like a bad movie that takes itself too seriously. Is Boondock Saints? Yeah. Okay. You've also got like six cents. Gay and <laughs> he's, he's, like classical, classical music. music. <laughs> um, you've also got like. Yeah, The Sixth Sense. The mm -hmm. Talented Mr. Ripley, I feel oh, like. Oh, yeah. No, Talented Mr. Ripley. Bicentennial Man. I think Talented Mr. Ripley is more 
it's got that Jared Leto energy of like this is going to be the biggest movie of the year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, yeah, so mine. So you continue the franchise for Airplane as a remake of The Talented Mr. Ripley. <laughs> yeah. I love it. That's great. What is The Talented? Am I thinking of the right movie? With Matt Damon and Jude Law and he like steals his identity. I don't think I've actually seen I've it. I've actually seen it like a couple of times. I just got 84%. What was I? I don't know if this came out in... Um, I'm thinking of a 1998 film, Richard, a oh, movie yeah. I always mix up with uh, the talented Mr. Ripley. And that movie is uh, Meet Joe Black, where Brad Pitt oh, gets yes. hit by a, a car. That, I think, could work. A, well, a what comedic... about um, K-Pax? <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. What a great call. Yes, <laughs> it should be K-Pax. <laughs> <laughs> is that 1999? No, it's 2001. Uh, no, who cares? Well, let's just make it. We'll make it anyway. in two years' time. <laughs> let's make it. We're going to make it. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Um, and now we're up to a little segment of the show called Rank Dat Franchise, where we've got a little list over on letterbox.com slash Popsha, um, where we're going to uh, rank this franchise with, what, the 150, 100 and... 150... It'll be the 153rd franchise where this feels like it's maybe gonna bottom out pretty low because it's like i guess one undoes the other but it's not that bad it's not it's not nymphomaniac level bad yeah, which prompts like... me to put it at least above the nymphomaniac constant of a movie that is a perfect zero which we know from last week is at 69 what's at 70 now yeah um so i would say let's let's have a look i reckon I would put this... I think it's better than the Mighty Ducks, but it's not better than the Rugrats movies. You don't reckon it's better than the Rugrats movies? <laughs> They're both about airplanes. <laughs> I reckon the... I reckon the 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 unnotability of the second one isn't as strong as the revered nature of the first one, which makes me want to put it higher. Like, right. maybe above... Maybe between Blade and Frozen <laughs> at 57. What do you sure. think? Yeah. <laughs> Alrighty. And now we're up to Richard's real favorite segment of the show, which is where he gets to say a random number and tell me what I'm doing and, and what will seem like two weeks time to you guys, but is actually four weeks time. It's franchise roulette, everybody. So we've got a list of how many franchises are on it now. Uh, It's getting down. 112. 112 franchises and we're going to draw a random number and then Richard's going to make me guess like a little dog a dog do you make a dog guess yeah Pavlov okay yeah sure 83 did you get that 83 83 correct Richard what is franchise 83 we haven't done franchise Uh, roulette let me make you guess it there (laughs) (laughs) all right 83 is let me just i'm gonna have to google this one for more um let's search the comment section for clues (laughs) okay so franchise 83 is a series of currently five films i believe okay i think actually soon to be another one soon to be six Mm -hmm. but soon enough that we shouldn't do it (laughs) who knows (laughs) what is it give me some hints uh it's a kids franchise 
Okay, five films. They're not um, all the same medium. How so? Uh, oh, like, like one's one's live action. Uh, the other way around. One's animated. Yes. Um, is it Diary of a Wimpy Kid? It is Diary of a Wimpy Kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think it just came out the the new one. Yeah, there's a new one, but there's also they've announced a a second animated one. Ah, oh, that's that's fine. That'll take two years to come. <laughs> All right. Well, tune in next time for Diary of a Wimpy Kid, the the series, um, which is feels like it's a series that's very special to some people, but not me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've always been kind of interested by it. Like, I don't know if they're good. Is one of the real interesting things. <laughs> the books are quite popular. Yeah. Anyway, that is the episode. If you like this, everybody, please consider following us on all the places such as Instagram or Twitter at Cult Popshire. You can also join our Discord and um, let us know why Airplane 2 is actually horrible. Uh, <laughs> and you can also support us financially over at patreon.com slash if you like. And speaking of if you do that, you might get to give us something to talk about in the post-credit scene, which is coming up right after these this well, these messages. This music ends. Welcome along to the post-credit scene, everybody. This is a segment of the end of each episode where if you give us $5 or more over at patreon.com slash copops, you get to give us something to talk about in this, the post-credit scene. Somewhat of a theme song now, isn't it? We've never really talked about how I've rehearsed that that, <laughs> yeah. that line, and it's just become a, a something I say every time. Richard, what is today's post credit scene, and who's it from? Uh, today's post credit scene comes to us from Josh Monson, who says, "If you got rejected from broadcasting school like I did, what would you be doing now?" Um, I reckon I would be making sauces. I've always been interested in sauces. I'd be yeah. a saucier. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I probably would have just gotten a menial kind of job and saved up and probably moved country probably be living in the uk because i've got a british passport and it's like i would have just you know been like well i'm not gonna achieve my goals in my career so i will make my career a means to an end so i can achieve them in just like hobbies and you know life Mm -hmm. and i would be making sauces i'd be mixing paprika with mayonnaise oh special sauce imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time that's what you'll feel with bowl and branches organic cotton sheets in a recent customer survey 96 percent replied that bowl and branch sheets get softer with every wash start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come try their sheets with a 30 night guarantee plus get 15 percent off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.